Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I think you can see how appropriate the verse is tonight because they're new creatures. They're different than they used to be. That's a word of prayer, and we'll look to the text. Father, would you bless us tonight now, Lord? Open our hearts and our ears to understand what you have for us. Take down the barriers, and Lord, let us see what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. When it talks about them being in new creatures, we're not talking about their appearance. Now, they both look very different than they did when they came in here. I mean, David, in his own testimony, he said it there. Uh, uh, He he was looking weak and sickly when he came in. I can remember him looking skinny. Uh, He looks like a fine, healthy young man now, doesn't he, tonight? Uh, Brian (laughs) Brian too except Brian also had hair remember Brian (laughs) Brian had a lot of hair (laughs) and you know what we're not talking about that external change that really is not the issue what's happened is there's been an internal change for both these guys Something has happened inside them. Uh, David got saved, came to trust Christ as his Savior. And the Bible tells us that when somebody trusts Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in. And the Holy Spirit's ministry in somebody's life is to set them free. And that's what's happened. They've been set free. They've been changed, transformed. That ministry in their lives is powerful. And it's very real. You know, looking on, some of you will say, well, listen, I'm glad they're changed, but I don't see that. No, you're not going to see that, but that is the reality of the change. That's what causes the change. When we bring people into the men's home, I interview everybody, and the couple of things I say to them, one of the things I say is this, right? Uh, I will tell them, we don't have a program that can help you. Our program helps you you to get to know God, and God helps. If you're open for that, we can help you. And really that's the issue. There's no plan B. There's no, here's a way to do it yourself. The program is God. God steps into somebody's life and he helps them. Let me remind you, uh, men that are in the men's home right now, the second thing I say to everybody is it's a 12-month long program. And every one of you agreed to the 12-month long program before you came into the men's home. What you're seeing tonight is the reason for the 12-month long. It doesn't change in three months and it doesn't change in six months. You need to give yourself a chance to actually clear out the junk and to really go all the way and change. But that's what we see. What we see with these young men is we see a change. They're transformed. They are new creatures. They are not the same. I think you mothers could say that about them. They're not the same. Uh, They're changed, fundamentally changed. Still your boy, but with a difference. And the difference is the Holy Spirit's in control. The Holy Spirit's doing the work in their lives. And, 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 And that's what's needed. To change lives. I've never been an addict, but you know what? <clears throat> I've been around long enough to understand that I probably do not understand at all the pull of addiction. And I think, you know, for those of us looking, uh, looking in from the outside, you know, why would somebody take drugs to the place where they ruin their lives? And why, when they get clear, would they, could they possibly go back to them? I don't understand. It's something deep, but you know what? There's a reason in every life why, it, why that happens. And it's deeper than can be seen on the outside. But you know what? The answer to that need is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that fixes Now, guys, you need to remember that. The answer to the problem is Jesus Christ. He is the one that has changed you, and he is the one that keeps you changed. And that, that, that's what needs to happen. Now, the second thing I want to say to you is this, right? <clears throat> 
You can never change what's happened eternally, but the reality is you can go back. You can't change what's happened internally, but you can go back. You see, Romans chapter 6 tells us this. tells us that God breaks the power of sin in our lives. So you experience freedom. The power of sin has been broken. Uh, it, it has been disconnected like the chain of a bicycle. It, it, its power is broken in your life. It no longer has power in your life. But it also tells us this. It tells us that you can actually reconnect it in a sense by yielding to it and giving it, yourself to it. And who's, whoever you serve, you become their slave. If you serve sin, you'll become sin's slave again. That, that's the way it is. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, several of us were at a funeral of one of the young men that went through the men's home. And you know, it was heartbreaking. Because he stood, he sat at one point clean and clear, full of life, uh, <clears throat> personable, uh, enjoying life with all the hope in the world, and yet he went back. And he's not here today, I believe. He's in heaven, but he's not here. He's not around to finish off his life here. <clears throat> he, he's gone uh, to be with the Lord. And you say, that's a sad thing for somebody's actually because Yeah, it is a very sad thing. Uh, and let me warn you two guys, you know what, <clears throat> the mortality rate of born-again addicts that go back to their addiction is very low. It is incredible what happens. This is serious business. You have become God's child. God owns you now. Right? You're His. And He wants you to live your life for Him. Don't play with it. And you know what? <clears throat> when you talk about don't playing with it, don't play with it, stay far away from anything that would draw you back into the old life. Psalm 1 is one of the... <clears throat> Uh, is key sound that we use on Friday night in the Reformers Unanimous group here. And Psalm 1 has some really powerful principles there uh, for the guys and for, for all of us, right? <clears throat> and the first thing it says is basically about the company we keep. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now you know what we could say about that? We could just catch that verse and we could say, listen, be careful of your company. Be careful of your company. We are social creatures, every last one of us, and the company we keep has a huge impact upon our lives. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And that means, listen, if you go back to the old friends, the old friends will draw you back into the old ways. And that's not because you're weak, or you're, that's just the reality of life. We're social people. We get drawn in by the people that we're around. That's always going to be the way it is. Be careful of your friends. Be careful of the people that you hang out with. <clears throat> but the second thing uh, that Psalm says is it says, <clears throat> but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The negative is stay away from the things that pulled you down in the first place. But the positive is this. Stay close to God. Stay close to God. Make that the goal, the aim, the ambition of your life. Don't let anything tear you away from that. Stay close to God. Keep that relationship sweet. When it's not sweet, straighten it out. Get it right. Because the thing that's changed you is a relationship with God. If you let that go, you begin to drift. By the way, that's the same for any believer. Let that relationship go and you begin to drift. Stay close to God. Stay in the Word. Every day, daily. Find your way to the Word. Spend time on the Word. Listen to God. Hear from God. Stay in the Word. You know what? When you find yourself not in the Word for a couple of days, that's a red flag to you. There's a problem here. I'm drifting. You know, don't, don't, don't wait till it's gone three months or six months. There's a problem. Stay in the Word. 
daily be in the Word, daily look to God, daily depend upon God uh, for Himself, and stay in church. <clears throat> you say, why the church? Because, you know what? We need the fellowship of believers. We need other people encouraging us to do right and helping us to do right. It's so easy for any of us to step away from God, step away from the Word of God, step away from church, and find ourselves just drifting. Just just, just floating around. And <clears throat> one of the, the, there, there are good sides to addicts. I'll talk about, talk about one of the good sides of being an addict in, in a moment. But, you know, one of the bad things for an addict is <clears throat> addicts, addicts don't do things by halves. You know... <clears throat> When an addict is doing something, they do it all the way. They go all the way. And when you give, when you give free reign to your flesh in that sense, it'll take you down very quickly. Stay in the Word. Stay close to God. Stay in church. Make sure that's your life. <clears throat> this new life. The third thing I want to say to you is this, though. <clears throat> it's not only addicts that need change. There's a good side to being an addict. You know that? Now here's the good side of being an addict. You know what? You never have to convince an addict that they need help. You never have to convince an addict that there's something wrong in their lives. They know it. They are some of the most honest people when it comes down to it because they know how bad their lives have gotten with drugs. And they, 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 they'll, they'll readily admit that to you. They'll readily say, you talk to an addict about sin and they'll, they, the eyes go down. They Listen, <clears throat> they know. But you know, for the rest of us that have never been that, down that far, it can be very hard for us to actually face the fact that we have a need in our lives. And you know, you can come tonight in the night like you see David and see <clears throat> Brian and say, great, I'm so glad for them. They really needed God. They needed something in their lives to help them. But you know, everybody in this room needs God. Everybody in this room has a need. And that need is answered by God. You know, <clears throat> the basic reason why somebody would become an addict is this. They're, they're, they're looking for satisfaction somewhere. Look for something to satisfy them. And they find it in probably the worst place possible, drugs, because it destroys so rapidly and so quickly. But you know, everybody else is looking for something to satisfy them too. And the things we find to satisfy us may not destroy, destroy us as quickly as, as addiction does, but it destroys us. And here's what we do. <clears throat> We're made for God, every one of us. We're all made for a relationship with God. We're all made with a yearning inside to relate to our Creator. It's just the way we are. He made us, and that's the way He made us. We can fight against it. We can deny it. We can say there is no God. By the way, the Bible answers that. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The interesting part about that is he has said in his heart, he's told himself there is no God. Everybody in this room knows there's a God. Everybody in this room realizes there's, there's a power. You only have to look at the stars at night uh, to look at the sky. You know there's a God. But we want to live our lives independent of Him. And we were made for them. And we're kind of like a two-year-old. You know, you got a two-year-old, and a two-year-old decides, I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing. And they will set themselves up to do their own thing and go their own way and stomp that little foot, and in no uncertain terms. Now you're older, and you look at them, and you kind of laugh. Where's he going to go? <clears throat> What's he going to do? He's two years old, after all, but he's, he's going to do his own thing and live his own life. And, and that's the way we are with God. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to live our own lives. And we decide we're going to have it our way. And it's very easy for us to do that. But you know, the reality is <clears throat> that life grinds very hard for us. It's a hard world, isn't it? That there's difficulties and there's problems. You can put a smile on your face. You can laugh it off. But there's difficulties and there's problems. And every heart in this place needs God. Every heart in this place wants peace. 
It, isn't it fascinating? You look at Brian, you look at David, and they've got peace. I'm sure for some of you it's quite amazing. You know, <clears throat> how could they have peace? They've, they've broken every rule in the book, and a few more. How could they have peace? But they do. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's the peace of God in their hearts. Do you know, you can have it too, though. Everybody in this room can have it. Everybody in this room can have that peace in their lives. You can have that sweet relationship with God that you were made for. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. <clears throat> you know, I was raised here in Dublin, and um, <clears throat> uh, to cut a long story short, we got married, and, and uh, when we began to have children, my wife became concerned about how she was going to teach these children about God, because we didn't know God ourselves. We weren't doing anything church-wise, and uh, we knew there was a God. There had been a time when she was raised Protestant and I was raised Catholic. There had been a time when we had searched. Um, but we were older now. We had a home, a business, and really we hadn't got that much time. But, but it became a real burden for her. Your mothers will understand this. You want to do the best for your children. You want to t- teach them right. You want to teach them about God. And so we began searching again. And I was quite happy <clears throat> to go anywhere and um, <clears throat> do whatever was best for my family. And so if that meant going to church on a Sunday morning, I was going to sign up. I was one of the good guys. I was going to sign up, and I was going to do it for my family. And we we came to this church. We used to meet in that room over there. And we came to this church one night. And after a while, Val heard the gospel. And she came home one night. She showed me she was saved. She was on her way to heaven. And I wasn't. I was on my way to hell. Well, that kind of took me aback a bit. You know, me? Hell? I'm a good guy. God might send really bad people to hell. People, you know, who had done all the, <clears throat> all, all the bad things, but he wouldn't send somebody good like me to hell. And I would talk to people about it and, you know, <clears throat> uh, just disagree on that. I, I did not believe that God could take somebody good and send them to hell. You, you probably feel that tonight, too. You may feel, you know, well, David and Brian, they've, they've done enough things to earn hell, but none of us, we're, we're, we're kind of good. But, <clears throat> you know... Um, <clears throat> as this person came and explained to me the gospel and showed me my need, uh, one day he gave me some photocopied sheets, just questions and answers about Christianity. I remember going through, the, going through the sheet, you know, and I would ask, state a commandment and ask, had you ever broken it? And in my righteousness, I was going, no, 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 never broke it, no, never broke it. And then came, thou shalt not bear false witness. And the question was, have you ever told a lie? Well, I couldn't say no to that. I was in business. I thought, you know, listen, I'm in business. You have to tell lies from time to time just to make things go. You know, you'd be late with an order. You'd have a problem or a difficulty. You'd make a phone call and you just tell a lie. Nobody was hurt. It wasn't a problem. But you know what? God wasn't happy. And I remember <clears throat> wrestling with this thing because I couldn't get beyond this point in the sheet. I remember wrestling. And the Bible says this. The Bible says, <clears throat> whosoever keepeth the whole of the law and yet offendeth in one point, he's guilty. And basically what it means is, You might be as good as you think it's possible to be, but yet on one point you do wrong. And you're guilty. See, that's our problem. We're guilty. We're all guilty before a holy God. All of us. Well, I wrestled with it and wrestled with it. And I had always known that Jesus died for the sins of the world. That was my life. I'd known it since I was this high. Uh, I'd been to Catholic schools, and that, that that was not news to me. But I never realized that Jesus died for the sins of David O'Gorman. I had never realized it was my sin that put him on the cross. And when I realized that the sins 
I had committed, had put Jesus Christ on the cross. For the first time in my life, I realized this too, that if I said no to what he was offering me, he would have no option but to let me go to hell. It wasn't that I had to be so wicked. It was that I had sinned and I needed help. Now you know what? Everybody in this room needs help just in the same way. That night, I bowed before him and I asked him to save me. And he did. And he changed me. And he gave me a new life and made me a new creature just like he's made these two, two boys. God did an amazing work in my life. I've never been the same since. You couldn't have convinced me before that time that I would stand before a group of people and talk about God. You couldn't have convinced me in a fit to do it. But you know what? He made me a new creature. He changed everything. But you know what's the sweetest thing of all? I'm going to heaven when I die, not because I'm good. I'm going to heaven when I die because Jesus paid the price for my sin. But even sweeter than that, I have a relationship with him now. There's peace. There's a relationship. There's a sweetness. You see, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to make it possible for us to come back to God. Now, if you look back at the text we were looking at there, I'll read it and then we're done, okay? <clears throat> Verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is the idea of reuniting two parties that are in opposition to each other. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So the Father in Christ was trying to draw us to him, was trying to reconcile us to him. Now then, we are ambassadors for God. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Let me ask you tonight. You come here to rejoice with these two men as they graduate. And that's worthy. I'm glad you're here. But you got a message that's something for you as well. Will you be reconciled with God tonight? Will you come to that place? I'm not asking you to be a Baptist. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to be reconciled with God because of what Jesus did. Will you do that? You know, if you would do that, he would receive you, and you would be a new creature. Everything would change. Not because of what you do, but because of what he would do. Would you let him in tonight to do that work? Let's do this. Let's all stand and we're going to have a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll, we'll dismiss. Father, we thank you for this evening and thank you for these dear people that have come. And Lord, we thank you for David and for Brian and for the other men. And Lord, we do thank you for the men's home, for Leighton and Claire and uh, for Alan and Willie and <clears throat> for Simon and all those, Lord, that give uh, without reserve, Lord, to it. And Lord, we do thank you for the Friday night program, Lord, and for the open door there is for people to come and get help. But, oh, Lord, we thank you for Jesus, most of all, and for the salvation that's available to us. And, Lord, I pray for these dear people, Lord. They come to witness something. And, Lord, I think you're bearing witness to some of them. Now, Lord, would you speak to those hearts? Would you break down the barriers? And would you draw them to you? And, oh, Lord, would you bless each one in a mighty way that they might come to know you, that they may come to be reconciled with you, 
And oh Lord, that they might have that new life. They might be new creatures. And Lord, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.